Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. You know, you're never alone. You're never alone because, number one, you got the Father. You've got the Son. You've got the Holy Spirit. And then not only that, but you got me. Huh? Not only me, but Jean Marie. Right? And then not only Jean Marie, but all these people that you can see. You're never alone. You're surrounded. You've got a group of folks around you that are for you and not against you, that are with you. We got each other's back. I said, we got each other's back. We're protecting each other, yet not us, but him who's in us. But it's him in us, through us, man, that causes us to just be surrounded with the glory of God. The glory of God, because the glory of God is in you. The glory of God is in our fellow believers. So when you've got a group of believers around you, you're surrounded by the glory of God. And we need to understand that, that we're not islands to ourselves. We're not loners. We're not a rebel without a cause. We're not just out there in life doing our own thing all by ourselves. Oh, no, no, no. That's, that's not how it's supposed to work in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, you're connected to a family. You're connected to God and the people of God who are connected to God. And we're so vitally connected together, he calls us a body. The body of Christ, a body of believers. And so we function together just like that, just like a body. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks a lot about that. Some are an eye, some are an ear, some are a nose, some are a toe. But... We're all a part of the same body, and every part is important. Every part is important. And so just like you would take care of, you know, your body, you need to take care of your brethren, the body of Christ. You need to take care of one another. And Jesus said, if you love me, then you love one another, even as I have loved you. So we're to love one another. We're to care for one another like Each one is a part of our own body. And, you know, nobody ever hates their own body, the Bible says, right? Nobody hates their own body. And and so, you know, you might not be the happiest with it. But you care about it. So he says, well, I'm just just not happy with my weight. Yeah, but you still care about it so much so that you keep filling it with things. (laughs) You keep feeding it. So you really care about it. Well, I just hate the way I look. Well, but you still love it. You still love your body because you keep feeding the thing and you keep taking care of the thing, right? We wash it and we care for it and we do that. And so that, unless there's something wrong with you, you know, unless you've blown a fuse or something, but that's the normal thing is to to protect your body, take care of your body. So, So understand that the body of Christ, the people of God that are around you, you're to care for them in the exact same way. Jesus said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you. And how many people know he's lo- he loved us with his life? He's given, he's given everything for you and I. And that's how we are to be towards each other. And we can do this because the love of God, the love of Jesus, has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We have this love on the inside of us to want to take care of each other. And help each other like that. So we have to, if we're going to be real Christians, if we're going to be really good Christians, and we're really going to fulfill God's purpose and plan for our life, then we have to think beyond ourselves, our life, our little family, and think about the family. Not just your family according to the flesh, but the family of God. Because it's not just about the flesh anymore for you and I. It's not, it's not about the flesh. It's about living according to the word of God, which is living in the spirit. Being spiritually minded. Being heavenly minded. Being love minded. 
Being love-minded. And so love isn't all just into itself. It's not just thinking about itself, what it wants, what it would like. Love's thinking beyond that. It's thinking about how my actions affect others. And what do they need? What would they like? And we're not fighting against each other. We're not in competition with each other. We're trying to help one another, build one another up. Because it brings us just as much joy to see our brothers or sisters succeed as when we personally succeed in an area. See, that's how it needs to be. We need to start thinking like that. That, wow, somebody in in the church just got blessed. Yeah, brother so-and-so. Man, he just got blessed. And man, we just we just get just as excited if it as if it happened to us. Because it did happen to us. Because what happens to you happens to me. Your success is my success, and you're missing it. You're falling. Your fall is my fall. It's my fall. So we need to see each other that way. When we go to prayer, I think of Daniel over there, and, and I think it's Daniel chapter 10. I think it's, it's in the 10th, 9th chapter. And Daniel begins to pray for the children of Israel. And he prayed like he was one of the Israelites, that like he was... One with them. That's how he prayed. And so he said, well, let's look at it real quick. Uh, uh, Daniel chapter 10. Because a lot of times when folks go into prayer, it's just, Lord, take care of me and Charlie and uh, Aretha. And, uh, and Helen, us four, no more, you know. And so, you know, just, it's, just, it's just about them. It's just about their, their little family. And we need to get out beyond that. We need to get out beyond that. And we need to start taking on the concerns of our fellow brothers and sisters. Because some people know your Lord and your God is concerned about your brothers and sisters. And he might want to uh, pray a prayer through you for them. I mean, the Apostle Paul said, he said, I, I don't cease praying for you. He said, I don't cease giving thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. You know, whenever I think of you, whenever I think about you, I give thanks for you, I pray for you. So here in Daniel, we'll just pick it up like in verse 5. He says, we have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and rebelled even by departing from your, your precepts and your judgments. Now, this is Daniel. I mean, Daniel is praying like he's a rank sinner. He's praying like he's just wicked. I mean, he's, he's backslidden. He's gotten away from God. He's forsaken his commandments. All these terrible things. He's saying we. He's not just saying them. Not just saying them. He's saying we. Why? Because he recognizes their fault, they're missing it, is him missing it. He's identifying with them as though they are he and he is they. You see that? Verse 6, neither have we heeded your servants, the prophets. Well, I mean, you, you look at Daniel's prayer. I mean, Daniel seemed like a squeaky clean guy to me. I mean, here he is writing and it's called the word of God. I mean, you don't, get to, you don't get your writings to be called the Word of God unless you're pretty holy, sanctified, and walking in sync with God. So he's walking in sync with God here. And yet, notice what he's saying about himself. He's committed iniquity. He's done wickedly. He hasn't heeded the prophets. He doesn't listen to the prophets. Verse 8, O Lord, to us belongs shame of face. To our kings and princes and our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belongs mercy and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against him. I mean, he's a rebellious man this stand. Well, not in and of himself. Not in and of himself. In and of himself, of course, he wasn't rebellious. He was very sanctified, very submitted to God's plan for his life. But when he prayed for his brethren, When he prayed for the people of God, the family of God, he included himself in it. He included himself in it. 
Remember what Moses said? He said when the Lord said that he was going to blot these people out of his book that had rebelled against him. You know, the children of Israel in the wilderness, they were just so rebellious. And the Lord said, I'm going to blot them out of my book. And Moses said, Lord, if you blot them out, blot me out also. In other words, if you're going to send them to hell, send me to hell also. How many people could say that one? How many people could pray that prayer? God, if they're going to hell, send me there too. That's a tough one. The apostle Paul said pretty much the same thing. He said, I wish that I could be cut off. Cut off from God. If it would mean the salvation of Israel, his people. The people of God. I could wish, I would, I, in other words, I would go to hell in their place. Well, there's someone who did that. Yes. Jesus did that. He went to hell in our place. And you see, that's his love in Moses. That's his love manifesting in the Apostle Paul. And that same love is in you and I. And we need to cultivate, cultivate that love. We need to begin to think this way, pray this way, and recognize we need one another. If we're going to make it, if we're going to fulfill God's purpose for our life, we need one another. It's not enough that you're just a man or a woman of God. It's not enough just you're living a holy, consecrated life. Well, listen, I'm living a holy, consecrated life. I don't know what's wrong with these people. If they want to go to hell, go there. As for me, I'm going to heaven. I'm living for God. And it's seeing yourself independent of everybody else. It's just about you and God. And that's not how we're supposed to be thinking. We need to be thinking like a body. Thinking like a body. If my finger went over some fire and, and that fire hit my finger, my arm would react, my brain would react, everything in my body would react to that. And everything about me would hate that. I wouldn't want my finger sitting there cooking in a fire. Right? If it was, it would affect my whole body. It'd be like my whole body is burning. Because you're going to feel it throughout your entire body. See? So we're going to, you're going to feel that pain throughout your entire body. It's going to make you miserable. It's going to affect you mentally, emotionally. See? So that's how it needs to be spiritually. We want to pull one another back from stumbling. From stumbling, falling in the fire. Missing it. We're not just sitting there judging them, looking down on them, saying, well, you know, man, they got issues. They got issues. No, no, no. It's like we're trying to snatch them out of that. We're trying to, in the same way, we would pull our own finger out of it. We'd want to pull them out of it. You see what I'm saying? See, we're not going to walk in that kind of mentality, that kind of love, unless we purpose to do it. We have that love on the inside of us, but we have to develop it. We have to grow up in that love. We have to practice this love. We have to practice thinking we and not just me. It's not all about me. It's about we. We. And so when we get around one another, we get excited. Man, I want to get, we don't get bothered. And I just, I just want to stay home. You know, I just don't like crowds. I just don't like being around a lot of people. And so I just like being alone. See, that's isolated thinking, which is rooted in selfishness. And it's the opposite of God. We want to break out of that and recognize, man, I want to be around God's people. Man, get me right in the middle of them. Get me right in the middle. I want to help them. I want to be a blessing to them. I want to be a part of what's going on. I I want to uh, be concerned with what's going on in their life. I want to take an interest in what's taking place in their life. I want to listen to them. I want to talk to them. I want to share things with them. But I want to listen. I want them to be able to share with me. And I appreciate hearing them share their heart with me. I don't take them for granted. We don't want to take one another for granted. We don't want to get into familiarity with each other where it's just, you know, it's just you. It's just you. It's just we. Here we are. Okay. Man, I just can't wait to go home and be alone. 
That's not how we want to think. We want to take an interest in each other, introduce ourselves, show ourselves friendly, connect with one another, right? Show that brotherly love. Hallelujah. Be passionate for each other. Care for each other. You hear something that they have need of. Man, I'm going to pray about that. You know, at least I can pray about it. At least I can help them in my prayers. Rather than just, you know, all I have is time for me. That's all I have time for. I don't have time for anybody else. That's selfishness, and we got to break out of that. How do you want to go deeper in God? This is how you do it. Go deeper into love. Go deeper in your relationships with one another. Because the love of God is in one another. It's in, the, it's in your fellow believers. So draw it out. Pour some in and draw some out. And let's have what the Bible calls a love feast whenever we come together. It's an absolute love feast. A love festival. Let's come together and just feast on the Father's love. We've got we we a purpose to do this. We can't just, just come in, sit down, take our seat, get up, walk out. We're done. I got what I needed and now I leave. And I'm not just talking about church. In life, but you know, here at church especially. We're not just sitting down, getting up, and going out and doing our own thing. You know, in fact, I'm reminded of communion over there in Corinth. The Corinthians weren't doing very well when it came to brotherly love. Now, they had the gifts of the Spirit flowing. They spoke in tongues a whole lot. We know that. And that's great. They're commended for all those things by the Apostle Paul. But then he had this to say. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he says, now in verse 17... 1117, now in giving these instructions, I do not praise you since you come together, not for the better, but for the worse. You're coming together, not thinking about this. You're coming to church, not for the better, but for the, for, to make things worse. Now, we don't want to go to church and make things worse for ourselves. We don't want to go to church and make things worse for one another. He said, that's what you're doing. Verse 18, for first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and in part, I believe it. For uh, there must also be factions among you that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Verse 20, therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. You're calling it that. You're saying, we're going to have the Lord's Supper. We're going to have communion together. He said, no, that's not what you're doing. You might be calling it that, but that's not what you're doing. For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others. And one is hungry and another is drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? Of course, the answer is yes. You despise God's people. You're despising that person that you just cut in the line. You just put yourself in front of them. So you can have first place. You're despising them. This is the exact opposite of God. Who gave his life for that person. What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The whole communion represents Jesus and what he did for us. He gave his life for us, not just you. He gave his life for us. You know, I've heard people say, now, you know, if you were the only one in the world, God would have sent his son to die just for you. And that may be true, but you're not the only one in the world. And that's not what he did. So just go ahead and get that out of your mind. There's no sense in even thinking like that because he didn't just die for you. He died for the people around you. He died for the whole world. And so we don't want to even have that kind of thinking that he would have done. He loves me. He loves us. He loves us. Now, of course, you know, you're newly saved or you're getting saved. I mean, yeah, you start 
you start out pretty selfish. We come out of the world pretty selfish. And it is about him dying for me. But man, we got to graduate from that very quickly. We don't want to stay in the me mode. It's the we mode. Amen? It's the we mode. It's not the me mode. We want to go on from me to we. It's us. And we want to get into unity with one another. Because that's God's heart. That's God's desire for you and I. And for us to be able to accomplish his plan for our life, that's exactly what we need to do. We need to get into unity. How many people know God's got a plan for your life? He does, doesn't he? He has a plan for your life. But I got news for you. That plan will never be fulfilled just by you and God. You and God alone are not going to get that plan fulfilled. Because the truth is, God doesn't just have a plan for your life. He's got a plan for our lives. Our lives. And he's brought us together to see our plan, which is his plan, fulfilled through our lives. God's plan for your life is going to be fulfilled through our lives. Through our lives coming together, getting into one accord. That's how God's plan for you is going to come to pass. We need one another. We need one another. Uh, It's everybody coming together to see God's dream come to pass. To see God's plan, God's purpose come to pass. It takes a team. It takes a team to accomplish God's dream. And that's the plan for your life. It's a plan that involves a team. I said it's a plan that involves a team. And you're never going to fulfill God's plan for your life apart from the team. So make sure you're on the team. And you show up at practice. It doesn't matter how good you are. I mean, you can be super skillful at what you do, super anointed, super everything. But if you don't show up for practice and you don't learn to flow with the team, and you don't know how to encourage the team around you, and they don't know how to connect with you, and you don't know how to connect with them, you ain't going very far. Enter into the equation Tom Brady. Here we have, in my opinion, and in the opinion of many, the greatest quarterback in history. The guy's like a master quarterback. Master quarterback. And so, you know, he's gone to several Super Bowls and won, and he's just, just incredible. And so here he is, all these, all these years, he's played with the uh, New England Patriots. And so he's had this awesome coach, awesome team, and they've just been incredible. In fact, the New York Jets are in the same division. And, uh, well, that's... that's I don't talk about. <laughs> we just won't go there. Let's just say it was very frustrating growing up <laughs> as a Jet fan. But these guys were like unstoppable, you know. Tom Brady was amazing. But it was the team. It was the team. And then... A lot of guys left the team. There were guys that were injured and things. And so the team just wasn't like it was anymore. And Tom recognized it and realized he's got to get out of here because he'll never be able to go to the Super Bowl again with this team. The way they were handling things, you know, the way the owner of the team was handling things. And, you know, I don't know the details. You know, I heard little comments that he wasn't willing, you know, they weren't willing to, to you know, spend the money and, you know, get the kind of people that you needed on the team to help Tom Brady to be able to take the team to the Super Bowl. And he just felt he couldn't do it, and he had a pretty bad year his, his last year. And so it looked like Tom's old. That's what they keep talking about, his age. He's old. He's done. It's over. And so, you know, we're just not, not going to see it anymore. That, that the, the days of, you know, him being a legend are history now. And he walked off. He left. And he joined another team that gave him everything he wanted. He said, I'd like that player. He said, okay. He said, I'd like that player. They said, okay. And he built a team. He built a team around him. 
And they went right to the Super Bowl. And now everybody's like, this man is incredible. This man is awesome. But they would be saying, he's washed up. He's too old. He just doesn't have it anymore. When it's the play calling from the sidelines, not him, the coaching. It's the receivers not catching the ball or getting, getting in position. They're not fast enough. Or this, that, or the next thing. Or even the defense not doing a good job. Doesn't matter if you're a master quarterback. You're not going very far if you don't have a good team around you. You've got to have a good team. You've got to have superstars all around you if you're going to rise to the top. And I got news for you tonight. God has surrounded you with potential superstars. And I say potential because folks are going to have to start practicing a little bit harder. Folks are going to have to start working at that love walk a little bit harder. But I got news for you. If you'll put in the time, if you'll put in the effort, and if you'll make sure that you develop and grow in this love of God and break free of a selfish life, you will be a superstar. But if you want to get to the Super Bowl, if you want to get to the championship, it's not enough that you're a champion. To get to the championship, you got to make sure that you cultivate champions all around you. Turn to somebody and say, you're a champion. And I ain't going to let it be any other way. <laughs> I'm not going to let it be any other way. Because I need you to be a champion. We need each other to be a champion. In order for us to get to the championship. So we work hard as individuals. We pray. We seek God. We study the word of God. We're engaged at church. We're, we're obedient to the will of God. We're doing what he's called us to do. We're developing that character, that love of God. We're doing all the right things, but yet we know there's only so far we can go in fulfilling the divine purpose for our life if our brethren don't come with us, if the rest of the body doesn't come with us. Is only so far we could go. We want to live a fulfilled life. And the way we fulfill life is by fulfilling our destiny. And you can't fulfill it without others fulfilling theirs. Because we got to do it together. Are you following me? We got to do it together. So, you know, uh, you, 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 you think about that. No, you know, no matter what kind of spiritual superstar you are, there's only f so far you're going without the rest of the body of Christ rising up and fulfilling their purpose with you. And God's put us together. For this church to be successful, it doesn't matter how wonderful the pastor is. That doesn't matter. I got my opinion about him, but that's another story. It doesn't matter about him. I mean, it's not just about him. It's about us. It's about us. A lot of folks, they just look, you know, something's not right, something's wrong, they think something's not right. They look, they look at the pastor. What's he doing wrong? It's like, where are you? Where, like, you, you, you have nothing to do with this? You just stumbled in here? Friend, I got news for you. You didn't stumble in here. In fact, it wasn't even your decision to come here. The Spirit of God picked you up and he planted you in his house. You're not here by accident and it didn't just evolve. God placed you in his house. He placed you here. So he said, well, how do you know that? Maybe somebody just kind of missed it. Well, if they missed it, they wouldn't last. Because people that missed it and stumbled in here, they didn't stay here. The only way you can stay in this church is you got to be planted in it. you got to be planted in it. And so God planted you. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice to know? God planted you in this place and he planted you with a purpose. To fulfill in this place, with this place. There's a purpose that we are to fulfill together as his church. So, you know, you got the church universal, which is made up of believers and in heaven and earth and all, you know, all over the world. And then you have, you know, local churches. And God has raised up this local church with this group of people. And there's more people to come. There's more people he wants to add to it. But there's no sense in adding a whole lot more if the ones that are already there 
aren't moving forward with his plan. With his plan for this place, which is his plan for our lives. This place is his plan for our lives. You're not going to fulfill God's purpose apart from the church, from the place that he planted you. You understand? So if we want to see increase, if we want to see growth, then every part has to do its share. It's imperative that we come together and we purpose to do it. We unite together as one army, as one body, with one mind, with one desire, together fulfilling the purpose and plan of God for our lives. No more isolation. It's time to break out of it. Break out of it. Man, I just, I just, you know, I don't have that great of a personality. I don't matter. Break out of it. Break out of it. Everybody's got enough personality to say hello. And to talk and to listen. And you'll be amazed. You know, these people that say, I don't have much of a personality. I'm very shy. I'm very shy. Yeah. And then you go visit them in their home. And they're anything but shy. They're as bold as a lion. Right? Clean that up. Pick that up. I'm telling you right now. Come to church. I'm just really quiet. And I'm just very shy. I'm kind of timid. And I don't know why I'm like this. Then they go home. Oh, man. I mean, loud. Aggressive. Strong, opinionated. Oh, they're going to tell you exactly how they feel today. They get up in the morning and tell you how they feel. Halfway through the day, they're telling everybody how they feel. When they go to bed at night, they tell everybody how they feel. Then they come to church and say, everything's good. So, shy is a lie. Shy is a lie. When you're with your family, when you're with your family, you share. You're not shy. Nobody, nobody looks at their children and goes, I'm just too shy. I'm too shy, Johnny. Nobody does that at home. You're home. You're in the family of God. Right? This is your family. Act like it's your family. Start sharing. Start caring. Start bearing one another's burdens. Helping one another. Glory to God. That's what we're called to be. Oh, and how well-pleasing it is to the Father. how, How pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. Oh, that just pleases the Father so much when he sees us functioning together in oneness. Oneness. The same mind, same heart. Praise God. Caring about each other. Locating where one another's at and helping one. We're not embarrassed. We're not embarrassed. Think about what you wear at home. I mean, you're not embarrassed at home. We're not embarrassed to share our hearts. It's like we're not walking around trying to act like Mr. Spiritual. I'm Mrs. Spiritual. I'm just so spiritual. You know, I'm so spiritual. I'm kind of isolated. I'm kind of to myself. It's like, that's nonsense. It's nonsense. We care about each other. And if you're struggling, find somebody, some folks you can hook up with and say, help, help hook up with me in prayer about this. I am struggling with this. You don't have to get up on the internet and announce it to everybody. I'm struggling with this! You know, because not everybody, you know, is, is in the right place themselves, you know. But find some, find some folks that are growing in the love of God, right? Find some folks you can trust. And we need to see more and more of that. More people we could trust. There needs to be more and more people that we could trust. You know, we need to be able to look at each other. Can I trust you, you know? We need to be able to trust each other. And people need to know that you're trustworthy. But if you're Mr. or Mrs. Island to thyself, nobody knows if they can even trust you to share anything with you. 
So we need to start, we need to start breaking out of that. Start sharing with one another. Start trusting. Sometimes you have to make yourself vulnerable. And if it goes wrong, you know, that person turns out to be a carnal canary. And they run around chirping to everybody about your business. You know what I'm saying? All right, well, it happened, you know. I forgive them. I pray for them. I pray, God, help them. Help them, Lord. Thank you for helping us. Help us to come together in unity. Help us to walk in love with each other. Help us to be better at this. You know, when you see weaknesses in other people, let it remind you of your own vulnerability to the same weaknesses. Right? Isn't that what he says over in Galatians chapter 6? Oh, hallelujah. Isn't this exciting? Oh, what God's building. God's building a dream team. I'm telling you. I know it. I know it. Nobody's getting out of here carnal. I'll tell you that right now. I'm not going to let it happen. Galatians chapter 6. Brethren, verse 1. If a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual... Restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. In other words, when you see them, you know, uh, someone, so one of your brothers or sisters is overtaken in an area in a sin, they're, they're, they're messing up. How could they do that? The same way you can. And you probably will if you talk like that. Because you're not recognizing your own vulnerability. Recognize that you're vulnerable. And so when you recognize that, you, know, you see somebody's weaknesses, you realize, man, Lord, we need help. We need to be strengthened. Lord, help us. Help us to overcome this. See, that gets you, that gets you in there with them. So their problem is your problem. That's bearing one another's burdens. Bearing one another. He goes on and says that, verse 2. Bear one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. Notice that. Bear one another's burdens. He's not saying being burdened with one another's burdens. You know, you're just, you're just miserable and you can't help anybody because you're so miserable because they're miserable. But you're identifying with them. You're recognizing what they're going through. And you can relate to them. You're connecting with them. I don't care what the problem is. No matter, I mean, whatever anybody's dealing with, it's common to men. Nobody's experiencing anything that isn't common to men and could not be something that you yourself could be tempted with in the future. Have to deal with in the future. So we see that and we're sympathetic. We're sympathetic and we care and we want to encourage and we want to help and we want to get people out of that, out of that mess, whatever that mess is, we want to get them out of it. It hurts to see others hurt. Hurts to see other people hurt. You know, Jesus here is healthy. Jesus is blessed. Jesus is so strong and wonderful. You know, just walking in peace, walking in the anointing of God. Must have been incredible. You know, no flaws in him whatsoever. I mean, it's just been incredible. Devil couldn't even get near him. Devils from afar. Forget about little things trying to torment his mind. (laughs) They couldn't even get near him. They saw him from afar and they're freaking out. The demons, the demon possessed, you know. And and so, yet the Bible says that when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. For they are weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. It it, it hurt the Lord to see the people hurting. He was moved with compassion, with pity. He pitied them. He he was concerned for them. He He didn't just look at them and just think, how pathetic. You know, or he couldn't relate to them because he was in such a wonderful place himself. He was in such a wonderful place. He was kind of disconnected, disconnected from the world. Well, Lord Jesus, you can't, you know, you can't relate to me. You've never been where I've been. You haven't gone through what I've gone through. And so you wouldn't understand, Jesus. You wouldn't understand. And people know that's a lie. It's a lie. Well, it's true, though. Pastor. I mean, he didn't go through what a lot of these people were going through. He didn't know what it was like to be crippled. He didn't know what it was like to, to you know, have, have, have been beaten down. 
and abused growing up. He didn't know what it was like to be betrayed like Well, he was betrayed. Yeah, we know that. Scratch that one. He, he, he didn't know what it was like, you know, to, to, to deal with what I'm doing. And he, do, and he certainly does not know what it's like to be a woman. He didn't have to be a woman to identify and relate with a woman. He didn't have to be a woman to... No, 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 no. How many people know the Spirit of God is in women and men? And the Spirit of God is in people's trials and tests. God's with the maimed and the lamed and the deaf and the blind and He's with the hurting and He's with the afflicted. The Bible says through Isaiah, in all their afflicted, in all their affliction, He was afflicted. In all their affliction, he was afflicted. And he lives in you. And you can identify with their affliction. You can identify with their pain. You can identify with their sorrow. You don't have to go, oh, God, so I think God's putting you through this test so that you can understand it more and help others. Doesn't ha- you don't have to go the hard way to understand others. You don't have to go the hard way. All you got to do is tap into the love of God that's in your heart and you'll be able to hurt with them. You'll be able to identify with them. You'll, you'll be moved with compassion for them as if it's your own family member. In all their affliction, you can feel that affliction. You don't have to have gone through that particular trial. I, hate, I Honestly, I just so dislike hearing that. It's such a deception. And people feel that way. Nobody, nobody can relate to me. What a lie. What a lie. You and I can if we want to. Now, if we don't want to be bothered, then we won't. But we want to be bothered. I want to be bothered with what bothers. Pastor, I just didn't want to call you because I didn't want to bother you. I don't know how many times have we heard that one. I just didn't want to bother you. What do you think I am? A self-seeking individual and could care less about you that you would say such a thing? What an insult. What an insult to the love of God that's been poured out into my heart to say, I didn't want to bother you. I know you got a lot going on. I didn't want to bother you. Bother me? You bother me? No, you see, you think like that and you're putting that off on me. I don't think like that. See what I'm saying? We don't want, we, none of us should think like that anymore. We're not bothering anybody because we ourselves are not bothered. See, that's why you, you judge others according to your own where you're at. You judge others according to where you're at. But you need to come up in your love walk so you stop judging people like that. You following me? So, so we'll judge people more like Jesus. We'll judge people according to the love of God when we grow up in the love of God. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus said to the woman at the well. He said, woman. You know, he asked her for a drink and then he got a hard time. He didn't get the drink. He got a hard time from her. And he said, woman, if you asked me, I would have given you living water. So I would have given it to you. You could ask me anything. I'd give it to you. God says, whatsoever things you desire. When you pray, believe you receive it, you'll have it. I'll give it to you. It's yours. I withhold no good thing from you. That's the love of God. I said, that's the love of God. That's what's been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. So if you're really spiritual, what do you do according to Galatians chapter 6? When you see a brother overcome by by some kind of transgression, what do you do? Restore. You seek to restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering your own self. When we see them fall, it reminds us of how vulnerable we are. You never have to be afraid. You can share with me and we should be able to do this with each other. Everybody, everybody should be the same way. We should be able to share with each other whatever. Knowing that all it's doing is causing them to take heed to themselves. Not to judge you and think, how could they do that? We don't think like that. Because we understand that what they're going through is common among men. And anybody, any one of us, can fall to the same thing. Had it not been for the grace of God, where would we all be tonight? Where would we be tonight had it not be for the grace of God? We'd be out there doing whatever. We'd be a bunch of selfish idiots. (laughs) Right? But he's redeemed us. 
He's delivered us. He's brought us into his family. He's put his spirit in us. He's washed us in his blood. He's taught us the good word of God. Hallelujah. God's good. He's good to us. He's good to all. Praise God. And so we're concerned with all. We care about all. We love all. Can you say amen? And we can relate to everybody because we're all humans. We're all humans. Well, you don't know what it's like to be this. You don't know what it's like that. Holy Spirit does. He lives in me, and I don't judge according to the flesh. I'm following the Holy Spirit. I'm following the love of God that's been poured out in my heart. Let's, let's activate that love. I think some people need to activate it. I mean, it's just like off. Turn the thing on. Other people need to stir it up. They need to build it up, and we need to begin to change. Catch ourselves in our thinking. When it's me and I and I and me, say we and what about you? Well, I just wanted to... What do they want to do? Stop. Don't tell me what you want. Ask, ask them what they want. I don't want to ask them what they want because they might want what I don't want. So I'm not even going to ask what they want. I just want them to know what I want. Say what me and say, it takes the team to make the dream come to pass. I care about the team. I'm on this team. This is my team. This is my team. God's house is my house. This is our house. Let's go. Come on, get up. Praise God. Let's go. Thank you for loving us, taking care of us, helping us to walk together in one accord. Oh, hallelujah. Man, one accord. That reminds me of Acts chapter 2. When they were all together in one accord, one accord, one accord. Then suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. My goodness, power came and filled their lives. They went out and turned the world upside down. But it all started when they were in one accord. I'm telling you, all the wiring has been put into place. I got news for you. Peter, James, and Johnny... These guys were not in one accord. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now I'm talking before Pentecost. They were anything but one. Right up to the resurrection. Right up to the resurrection of Jesus. The Bible says Peter and John, they, you know, Mary came in and said he's alive, he's risen from the dead. Peter and John go running. And they're running, they're running to the tomb. And John records that he outran Peter. I mean, these guys were always competing with each other, even running to the tomb. It's like, I'm going to beat Peter. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Think about that. For three years, Jesus was with them. And this is how they were. Lord, who's the greatest? Murmuring, complaining. I mean, just divided for three years. That's how they were. They were with the master for those three years. And they just weren't getting it. They just weren't getting it. And then all of a sudden, one just, just one day, they got together and they started praying. And they started focusing their prayers together. And everything they had been hearing those previous years, all those things they had been hearing those previous years, all of a sudden just came together, bringing them together in one accord. And on that day, the day of Pentecost, they were together in one accord. Think about that. Think about that. Praise God. Really, just 40 days earlier, they were not in one accord. They hadn't been for years. But now here they are, 40 days later, in one accord. I believe at the end of this series, we might be there. Come on. Can you get in agreement with that? Let's determine, because we've got the goods, right? The love of God's in us. The word of God's in us. We're growing. We're developing. I mean, it doesn't matter what level you're at. We're together and together. Boom! We can, it can happen. And we're one accord and there is power. And there is glory. And then thousands just start getting saved. Because the manifested presence of God. Can you say amen? Oh, hallelujah. Give them some more thanks. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yes, Lord. 
Yes, Lord. Let's say it together. Say, Heavenly Father, help us to get in one accord. Help us to help one another. Pray for one another. Care for one another. Be interested in one another. Help us, Father, to bear one another's burdens, to love each other, even as Jesus loves us. Help us, Father. We thank you for it. We believe that we are coming together in one accord for such a time as this. Forgive me. Forgive us for where we've missed it and been selfish, divided, jealous, full of envy. We repent of that. Forgive us all. Wash us. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness and fill us afresh tonight with your wonderful love. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise God forever. Glory to God. He is good. Amen. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.